0: You know, it was it was really by me being open to influence when she was asking me, "Hey, what's wrong? What's wrong?" for me to really make that cliff dive and just share with her that I was that I was angry.
1: Welcome everybody to the podcast Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prigo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one partner family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of Relationships. Let's talk about it. And in this episode, I have my returning guest, colleague, very good friend, Corey Costanzo. And we are discussing allowing influence from your partner. That's right. It's a good thing to allow influence and opinions and thoughts and reflections and suggestions from your partner. But sometimes we know that's not easy. Especially when we have criticism and defensiveness. And stonewalling and withdrawal as part of some of our behaviors of how we do relationships. Corey and I, we have a real good conversation that we go back and forth with some examples from our own relationships, our work as therapists, and even some things in our relationship as friends. We do want to emphasize as you're listening that it's so important that somehow you're making an agreement as partners to be able to Allow the influence that that's what you're going to do in your relationship with grace at times with humility, you want to come from it with a good heart. You know, hopefully you're not going to listen to this podcast and one of you is going to say, see, see, see what prepo and Corey talked about. You got to do exactly that. That's not going to help allowing influence at all. (laughs) Be gentle with each other, but really give good feedback. It's a process to be able to have these reflections of what works in your relationships, of how well you do this. So many of you know Corey already. He's been on geez, about eight or ten of my podcasts. But those of you that maybe are first-time listeners, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Corey. He is a licensed addiction counselor and he specializes as a trauma therapist. He is a co-owner of Still Point Wellness Spa where you've heard me talk a lot about their float tanks and their incredible Esalen massages. You can find Corey and Stillpoint at stillpointwell.com. Okay, everybody, here we go. Allowing influence from your partner. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. are again and we are in your studio this is so exciting to have you here prepo yeah we're hanging out in Corey's a uh, new space where he does his work and so i appreciate you wanting to do this because this is a topic that you and i talked about maybe even a year ago to do around allowing influence
0: sharing power in a relationship i think it happened when you told me that the number one thing that causes relationships to stay together and to thrive is allowing influence. And once you said that, it just really sparked and picked my interest and has stayed in my head for this entire year. So I'm so excited to knock some ideas around and talk about this really important topic. Yeah. Because it really makes sense that allowing
1: influence is an aspect of respecting our partner's opinions and their feelings as well as uh, letting them in on decision making, uh, letting them in on witnessing something that we don't see of our own behavior. I think it's being open to not be the sole decision maker of what the relationship looks like or also where it should go and how it should be.
0: So it's kind of like sharing a little bit of the driver's seat. Yeah, and it's the the best way to effectively share power in a relationship, which the most healthy aspects of my relationship is when we can each have a voice and we can each uh, feel confident in sharing the power of the influence of of our voice. And when it comes to like your own
1: domain, like a space like this is your domain, are you open to influence if she comes in and says, "Hey, Corey, like you should move that didgeridoo and put that over in the corner there," or you know that painting over there should really be in the left? Are you open when it's like your territory?
0: Well, she's already done that, <laughs> 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 and it's not—it's definitely not my territory. We actually built out, so we're so we're in the top of our barn on our on our property. It's like one of those Home Depot double double decker barns, you know. So we put in a floor and. And we put in uh, walls and insulation and heating and cooling. It's a really 120 square feet. And the initial reason why we did it actually was because of our then 15-year-old daughter. She's now 16, but we really wanted to give her a space on our property where she can claim as her own. Mm. You know, so like have sleepovers here. And then, you know, eventually she's not really dating um, now, but eventually when she, when she starts dating, like just like a, you know, a place to be away from the house, but still close enough that we know where she is, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was the original intention. And then COVID hit and I started doing a lot of zoom sessions and this was the place where the dogs barking couldn't really be heard. So that's how I commandeer this this space sweet space yeah
1: is there anything in your life that you think of now that that is hard for you to allow influence from robin like is there areas of your life that you have experienced of that? yeah this is an area that's really hard for me to open up to influence because when we were talking earlier you know it's it's really understanding that we have to soften to to open up to allow our partner and but I think that there's some areas in our life that we have more trouble than others allowing that influence. Anything come to mind for you of an area that there's more reaction and a wall that goes up as opposed to being open to her influence?
0: I feel like for me, probably the financial piece is the most challenging. You know, she has an attitude of abundance and an attitude of let's live our lives in a way that brings us joy. I'm first generation Italian American. My parents were both immigrants from Southern Italy and escaped poverty and came over on the boat. Typical, typical story of an immigrant. I have a more fear-based relationship to money. Yeah, so vacations, you know, it's hard for me to book vacations. And she's always the one that's kind of pushing the envelope for vacations, for house projects, and bigger ticket items. And I'm always resistant at first. And I'm smiling because that's my issue too. When you said fear-based, I, I
1: was like, I'm not fear-based. And now I'm thinking, man, like there is a difference, and it's similar in some ways how Rainbow is with with money and so forth. And and I hold back more of the reality, and she's more into the dream and the experience and that it will work out. And so I don't allow some influence definitely
0: around that area. I'm doing it more and more definitely. And for me, 99% of the time when she visions a project, you know, the outdoor fire pit project, getting the trampoline for the kids and getting chickens and building a really nice chicken run and getting a pig. And yeah, (laughs) yeah, 99.9% 99.9% of the time, they are home runs.
1: And that's interesting, like you say that, because here we are two men talking about it. And folks, there's studies that show that it's more the man in a heterosexual relationship that when he allows influence from his partner, that there is more of a successful relationship. There's a quote that I read that says, men who allow their wives to influence them have happier marriages and are less likely to divorce than men who resist their wives influence. Statistically speaking, when a man is not willing to share power with his partner, there is an 81% chance that his marriage will self-destruct. And this is from Manage Conflict Accepting Influence by Zach Brittle. And that's really interesting. It's more of our side, the male side. When we don't allow influence,
0: how that is so detrimental to the relationship? Yeah, I think it has to do with the protector in some of us men, you know? And sometimes I'll go a little overboard with that sense of protector, you know? I'll feel like, okay, I'm the one that's managing the finances, so I've got to protect the family finances, so I have more of a weight of the decision-making about what we're going to spend the money on. Like I said before, a lot of it is fear-based. And, you know, when I can allow myself to be open to Robin's vision and her influence when it comes to these financial decisions, I can share that power and we can create some really beautiful things. Yeah, Most of the beautiful things that we've created on our property and in our lives um, it's really started with her her vision and then you know i would try to poke holes in it all and then finally i would come around you know and see it and then feel comfortable making the investment and then you know like i said just all the time it's it's ooh, thank god we did that like our lives are filled with so much joy she's gonna love hearing
1: this shit tonight when oh. she listens to this podcast what about do you think that anything has to do with also men's need to like win more, like in society, you know, that's what that's what's taught to us, whether it's in sports, business, you know, win over a woman, you know, we use that terminology a lot. I mean, even like when I used to play board games with my wife, I was like, I played to win. I don't play for cooperation. When she told me that, she's like, "Why aren't you like p- cooperating with me? I'm cooperating. What are you talking about? I'm I'm supposed to kill that guy, you know, that you got that little. I'm supposed to sink your battleship. Sink your battleship. I'm supposed to annihilate those cards in your hands. That's what. And when she really taught me about cooperation, and I watched her with our son that they would play very cooperative games. It was really allowing like this kind of influence of what kind of experience do you want people? Do you just want this feeling of conquering and winning? And then through winning, that means somebody loses. And I think that's what happens in our relationship when we're set on being right, proving a point, um, saying, I told you so as opposed to opening up to, more of sharing the power than just winning. So I think it's also ingrained in men in some way. And I'll just put that out. I'm sure there's exceptions uh, around winning. And, and, as, and I, have, I think that has a lot to do with like being right, you know, which then feeds our ego. And that tells us that we uh, have a place and a role in this world as opposed to sharing it.
0: Yeah, and you know, too much of pointing out what's not working and having to be right can really lead to low self-confidence right in the other person. So, I think that's a trap to really to really be really be mindful of is how right do I have to be? How much do I have to point out what my partner's doing wrong? You know, how much do I have to, how much do do I have to win versus, you know, how can I just show up and let my partner be who, who she is? And also I know for me that the, the, the influence
1: that I allow doesn't have to come in this sweet bow package that I think is like just perfect. If I can see some aspect that, that rainbow is, has something to really offer me in an insight, maybe my behavior or a thought that I'm having about that there's another way to be kind or address this situation. If I look at the essence of what she's telling me and not the way that it doesn't match the way that I should do it or who I am individually, like allowing the influence of like, well, I might not say it that way or do it that way, but wow, you have a point because I can be kinder. I can be less judgmental or Can I open up to the possibility that things might not go wrong, but they might actually go well? I think sometimes we get wedded to how the delivery is instead of more of the open package of allowing that. Or the message. The message. Good one. Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I see that dynamic happen a lot in couples where one person has an addiction problem and the other person in the couple might feel uncomfortable let's say they're at a social gathering and one person has has a few too many drinks and um, is slurring their words or acting inappropriately and then the next day if one of the partners says hey you know you had one too many drinks last night and it made me feel really uncomfortable if that person isn't open to influence, then they're just going to put the wall up. They're going to defend against that. Oh, no, I was fine. Are you kidding me? People laughing at my jokes. No, you're just you're just being a little overly sensitive. That's going to lead down a really dangerous path because the reflection of the partnership can be a really wonderful way for personal growth and to kind of check yourself. Listening to that reflection is really, really important. And that takes a lot of trust that you're trusting your partner at times that you don't
1: see yourself that your partner actually sees a part in the essence who you are, who you want to be, and they can bring it to your attention who or who you don't want to be. So it's in some way really opening up to that trust that this person what they're offering you
0: is valuable as opposed to criticism. Yeah. And the way, you know, the way to, to diagnose a substance use disorder is if there are troubles in the relationship if there's trouble at work if there's trouble with the law if there's accidents that are happening when somebody's using a substance you know so if one partner says to the other partner hey i felt uncomfortable last night with your drinking that's it right there i mean that's the red flag that is really important to be looked at mm-hmm. Yeah, not to be so defensive, but
1: be open that they're seeing something and they're uncomfortable. Even though we don't have to, like a lot of men think that giving, allowing influence means just rolling over and doing whatever then their wife wants or their partner wants or says. And we're not talking about that whatsoever. We're not saying give, give up all of your autonomy and your power. What we're saying is, I trust that this person also has my best interest in some of the things that they're saying or doing bringing my attention for positive change.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause if you don't do that and an addiction goes unchecked and you don't heed that first red flag from your partner, then the next red flag can be from a DUI or it can be from your employer saying, Hey, you're fired buddy, you know, or some kind of an accident or a terrible thing that winds up happening. Mm-hmm.
1: And also, you know, this happens in everyday life and in um, a lot of conversations where automatically on small things, we don't allow influence. We're like, one partner might say, I see that you're angry at me right now. And like, it could be a push back and a defense. No, I'm not angry. As opposed to taking a pause and just thinking, boy, am I angry? Like, Can I allow that influence or that possibility of me having a perception of myself where I want to deny myself? And I think a lot of times we Want to deny a behavior that when it's called out or brought to our attention, we might feel shame around it, might feel guilt around it. We don't want to see ourselves in that light as opposed to trusting a pause and maybe allowing that question to come in. Hmm, Maybe, you know, am I really acting the way that
0: I want to act? Yeah, the cold shoulder is the the one that comes to mind, you know. Just the other day, I asked Robin for something and she said no and i felt a sense of betrayal from her from her boundary from her no and it started to twist me up inside and i and i and i felt a mix of emotions so much so that i started shutting down and it really looked like like you know pulling away from her and giving her the cold shoulder and she checked in with me several times you know hey is everything all right hey what's wrong what's wrong And each time I'd be like, nothing, nothing. Really what was going inside of me was just this confluence of several different emotions. You know, one, I wanted to respect her boundaries. I wanted to respect her. No, but two, what I was asking her her for was really important to me. And it was important to somebody else also that I would be borrowing it for. Those, Those mixes of emotions just really shut down my, higher order thinking and my ability to relate with her and with myself as well. And then finally I just, I just, after about 30 minutes, you know, and this is on like a Sunday morning where we share our coffee on the back deck. Mm. It's like sacred time for us, you know, and it was 30 minutes of that, of that precious Sunday morning time. I was suffering and um, telling her nothing was wrong. So it was confusing to her. And, you know, finally I just took the leap off the cliff and um i wasn't sure where it was going to land you know cuz i wasn't able to think it through i didn't give myself enough time to pause and i just and i just told her that i felt betrayed and i and i felt like she was not being generous with with this thing and and she was able to explain to me her position and and you know what was going on for her and it turned out to be a really wonderful a wonderful interaction and a nice clearing that we had. And it helped us realize that we needed to, to really uh, patch something up in our business that we didn't realize beforehand. And it was really by me being open to influence when she was asking me, Hey, what's wrong, what's wrong, you know, for me to really make that cliff dive and just share with her that I was, that I was angry. What enabled you to actually make that
1: switch to, to be open, to take that cliff dive?
0: I think for me, it was the moment that I realized that I was causing my suffering, that me giving her the cold shoulder, it was a form of suffering for me because we, I wasn't in connection with her. I wasn't in connection with myself and there was really no need for that. Like I was blaming her, her boundary and her no for that. And that's what was locking me up. And then once I realized that I was like, wait a second, this is a form of suffering. And she's asking me directly, like she's giving me the softball pitch, you know, of my way out of my suffering right now. All I have to do is just be honest with her. Then, it, then, then the cliff dive came and, you know, I mean, it was small and it happened hmm. so fast. It pre-ball. does happen. I know it happens so fast, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I also realize, and, and, and I'm just realizing this now, I'm realizing that I was being very immature and I think what happened was just it triggered some younger part of myself that just didn't like to be told no. Mm. And I feel like in my relationship that that plays out in this power differential, in this like this this parent child in some way. Something like something strange. I don't know. I be should know. I, no should, no I should think about this more. You know, because I think it's big. I think it's this. The sense we can do that an open seat after this yeah. podcast. We're going to have to work on that. Well, work you got to explain part. what an open seat is and all that.
1: Free therapy? Are you right. offering me some free counseling? <laughs> if you pay
0: for my dinner, I can give you some free counseling. There we go. Yeah. So um, I think what it is, is that by me giving the cold shoulder, it was like this very immature way to claim my power.
1: That's it. In the I relationship. That, right. Because if you can withdraw your attention or your love or your connection, we think that that's powerful. Like we're taking back our powerful, but it's because you were hurt. So right. in some way it was a punishment yeah. to her, but in some way that feels like power. Doesn't that sound familiar, folks, that, <laughs> that, that we do that? Right. The cold shoulder is like an access. but. You and I have talked about before, whenever we feel a sense of power, but we're disempowering the other person, that's not true empowerment. That's
0: not authentic power.
1: No, it's not. It's an entanglement. And we got to recognize that true authentic power is through our
0: power, we empower the other person. That's right. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm realizing now, I mean, that was the, that was the family way to deal with anger growing up. It was the cold shoulder. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember getting it. I mean, sometimes for a couple of days, I mean, it felt like a couple of days, mm-hmm. you know, my mother was on the podcast right now. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she, she'd think differently, but you know, that was, that was a big, a big part of the family rules about how to express anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Withdraw your connection, attention, right. love. Right.
0: It was like a, it was a battle and then who's going to give in first? Who's going to apologize first, you know?
1: And I think that's also again, some people have that, but I would say the gender men have more of that about not wanting to give in. If we give in, we're giving up our power. It's kind of weak. Who's the first one to, you know, whatever it is, you know, arm wrestling or, you know, to give in, to say I give, I give, I give, uncle uncle, right? Yeah. Not, we we look at that not as allowing influence, we give that as like defeat. What's coming up for me is a few years ago, I remember Rainbow and I got into a fight and we were trying to talk it out on a walk. She was saying to me something to the effect of, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. And, you know, I'm coming back. I'm like, yes, I am. I hear you. You know, and she kept on saying, no, you know, you're not listening to me. And I was getting more, I read, what do you mean? I'm not listening. All right, let, let me reflect back. And I was trying to reflect back, but I had this charge, like I'm saying right now, and I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean? I'm not listening. To you, I fucking teach listening. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> I know what listening is. I get paid to listen. I get paid to listen. Exactly. And I'm not like getting paid to listen to you now, and I'm still listening to you. And I remember after, like, she put up her boundary, you know, around not continuing the conversation, and I felt kind of like shut off, but recognized, no, oh, that was a boundary. It really sank in of like whoa, man, I am not listening to the degree that she needs me to listen to. I think I'm listening to her, but I'm not being compassionate. I'm not being empathetic. I'm not truly listening to, to what she has experienced, what she's especially experiencing on me. I wouldn't even allow the influence of her saying, people, you're not listening to me. To me to be able to go, you know, babe, you're right. I'm not in the space to listen.
0: Let's do this later. I didn't even have the ability to do that. Using the word "but" is a great <laughs> is a great uh, canary in the coal mine of not listening, right? Because most people in our culture do that. It's like someone saying something, and then I just think of the opposite. Like, the, how can I poke holes in what they're saying? Oh yeah, but right, you know, so many, so many people because it f- negates everything before that. Right, right. Yeah. I love using "and" instead of "but." You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 more of a power sharing word to use yeah you know i'm thinking of some questions maybe we can ask some of our listeners you know Mm. some things to ponder could be in your relationship who holds the power more of the time and in what aspects of the relationship do you or your partner hold more of the power position you know so it's financial there's like the kids sex sex. Yeah. Where you know. are your power struggles? Yeah.
1: Usually conflicts are also power struggles, but mm-hmm. those are some of the main ones. And it's like, where does that show up? Who's holding the power? Who wields it? What does it feel like to, to yield softly in mm-hmm. some way? You know, because we know in other cultures or even martial arts, that's a strength to to know how to yield as opposed to
0: Meet head on and defensiveness, yeah. You know, like karate is more of like a meet head on, you know, fist to fist, right? Mm-hmm. And then aikido is more of a if someone's coming at me, I just whoop, I just step over a little hand in the back, oh, mm-hmm. move on by. Maybe I'll stick my foot out just a little bit, boop, and then there they go, they're on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the aikido way. In capoeira, it's an Afro Brazilian martial art that I that I trained when I was in my 20s. It's more of a dance, if you've ever seen it. If you've never seen it, it's really a beautiful martial art form. It's like a fight dance um, from Brazil called capoeira. C-A-P-O-E-I-R-A. Just go to YouTube and type that in. You'll see one of the most beautiful artistic expressions of movement that you've ever seen. And it's played in a circle and it's called playing. You're not fighting, you're playing. And, um, and, And the two partners kind of, kind of work with each other and around each other. So it's like, if I kick over you, then, then you duck the kick. And then when you turn around, you do a spin jump and kick in the air is that I go to the ground and do some kind of like crazy move on the ground underneath your jump.
1: Mm.
0: That's kind of how I see equal power sharing in relationship. Mm. It's kind of like that martial art. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it shows up I know for, for Rainbow and I how we dance. We dance so well and we start that in the beginning of how we yield to each other. You know, one doesn't doesn't dominate. We really have this kind of language when we're when we're dancing with each other and really improvising as opposed to some dance that's, you know, each person is showing off or kind of trying to domineer and lead, right? That's what we say, lead who's leading the dance mm-hmm. as opposed to a, a really nice exchange of it showing up. So That's interesting to ask that question. Like even physically, how do you feel around the person? Do you give like equal, even in a hug, you know, when you're hugging is one person hugging and pulling the other one in the other one is always yielding or can you both actually yield soften in a hug? Can you relax yourselves in a hug? Can you allow influence when your partner wants to move their arm and put it over your shoulder? Can you allow influence instead of you automatically
0: moving your, hand and arm to get comfortable. I'm sure you've done that exercise in one of the Esalen, uh, uh, workshops. Yeah. You know, you put your hands up, pushing to the hands or something, facing, facing your partner. And then like one person starts to lead the movement, right? And you just make a movement, you know, you know, make movement with your hands and then the other follows. And then at some point, and you don't talk about it, but at some point, the other person starts to lead the movement Mm -hmm. and it might look like the arm goes up and out. And then at some point I, I then take back the control and then I start leading the movement. Yeah. Yeah. A great exercise for couples to do is like do a
1: movement improv, you know, like we see the contact improv with no speaking where you make contact and how much can you influence a little bit of the other person's movement? And then do you yield into their movement and it's kind of like a dance and kind of an improvisation. That's what Rainbow and I actually met at Esalen. That's what we did for two months in the workshop was that type of movement theater improv with, with Nina Nina Weiss. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so we already had that establishment a little bit about how to allow influence just in our bodies of yielding and, and play. So I think also, you know, it's coming to me too. A lot of couples don't play. I'm talking about not just like play a game of tennis, but like play with each other. When we're, when I'm truly playing with somebody, it's a give and take. We're bouncing off of each other. One's not domineering. I know for me, people that, when I was a kid too, people who dominate and play, it's like, screw that, man. I don't want to play with them. But if I feel there's a nice recipro- reciprocity that they're, they're allowing me in, gosh, and I'm starting to feel guilty about how I used to like, even play those board games with Rainbow just to win as opposed to, you know, the aspect of just no end game, but just the, the wonderful experience of play off of each other. And that really allows influence. So I tell people, I tell people play more with each other with no end game. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I remember the, the story I, I might've told it in another podcast, but I'm going to tell it again anyway, of how I really allowed some influence. That I love in an area where like be more spontaneous and trusting, not, Logical Rainbow has such a way to like work with the, with the energies of the universe in that way. And I remember when a couple of years into our relationship, we moved overseas and didn't really know where we were gonna go next. And we were staying in Portugal for like forty days, forty nights to try to get the sign. And I was going to a a party that from a guy that I that I met at a Portuguese tavern. And right before I was getting ready to go, Rainbow came up to me with this look and she just looked straight in my eyes and she said tonight you're going to meet a woman and that woman is going to know where we need to go next and that woman's name is Anna and it it was like channeled through her right and i i just looked at her going like cool i got a fucking mission tonight you know like yes and i remember like looking in that taverna for i was talking to every woman trying to find Anna ask my friend do you know any Annas in here and he was like, "No, man, I don't know any honors. And I was like, "Shit, how could Rainbow be that wrong?" Like, you know, you know, I started not allowing that influence of that magic. And then I decided to leave. And we were driving, driving off, and through the window, the rain, you know, coming down in the window. I looked out, and the neon lights. It said Taverna Susana with a big A and A. And I'm like, "Shit, the clue is in there." And then the next day, when we were talking. Rainbow, I said, you know, told her, man, I just, I just missed it. And she was talking about, she had these dreams that her name should be changed to Rainbow. Ivana is her name and it should be Rainbow and that we should go. She saw Hawaiian Islands. We're in fucking Portugal. And I'm thinking, Hawaiian Islands, are you kidding me? Like, that's a different direction than, than we are. And then all of a sudden I remembered, shit, at the Taverna, I got discouraged I'm sitting on the sofa, and I'm looking at a mural, and the mural is Hawaiian Islands. And I'm thinking to myself, why in the hell is Hawaiian Islands here in Portugal? And then it had rainbows on the mural around these Hawaiian Islands. And I looked at it, and I go, honey, I guess we're going to Hawaii. Two days later, we went to Lisboa, bought a one-way ticket, went to Maui, and we lived there for over a year or so. Like, like that's like allowing uh, influence, bro. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but I think when we allow influence in that like extravagant way that I'm talking about, yeah. in a magical way, mm. life can become really magical because we don't have to know what the end game is when we're allowing influence. If one of us has an inclination, I don't know, you know, like some, some people, I don't know. I don't think that I just don't have a good feeling about something. And the other one, what do you mean you don't have a good feeling? Blah, blah, blah. Instead of being rational, it could be, I want to trust your good feeling. I'm going to trust your bad feeling. Maybe. pre i never
0: heard that story. You never heard that story? No, that wow. is
1: just awesome. Mm. I love that story. Yeah. That's how we ended up in, in Maui for almost a year and a half or so before we came this way.
0: Mm. God, the subconscious mind is just so powerful, right? Yeah. Yeah. She could have, I mean... Obviously, she saw the the mural also because she was at the at the taverna. No, she wasn't. No, I was only there. She didn't see it at all. She oh. stayed home. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oof. That's a
1: that's a kind of cool synchronicity, right? Yeah. She's dreaming about rainbows. Yeah. I saw one probably same time that she was dreaming about it back yeah. at the cottage that we were staying in. Yeah. So it is interesting about like when we surrender to. I don't want to say giving up power because it's not about giving up power. It's like sharing, opening up to, I know at times when I let go of the power that I'm yielding and I allow influence in, I get more of my power in some way. And so it's not about giving up my power. I actually receive power by trusting, by respecting, by being curious and interested of whatever influences is coming my way. So I'm actually being more empowered than giving it up.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. You know, there's a great movie, uh, Yes Man, with Jim Carrey. <laughs> Have you yeah. seen that one? Yeah. Where for some reason or another, he has to say yes to everything, to every single thing. And it just shows the, the uh, trajectory of his life and how much it changed for the better. And every now and again, I feel myself being the no guy mm-hmm. every now and again And when I can catch myself, I'll just flip
1: it. Isn't that interesting? You'd be the no guy, even though you don't like people saying no to you. Damn. Damn, I just caught you. We'll we'll work for about two hours after this (sighs) session here. We'll work on
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to be friends with a world-renowned, incredible, badass therapist. You allow
1: my influence on that one, baby.
0: Oh, no, I was talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I always allow your influence,
1: man. Yeah. Always. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. We're talking about partnership, but when we have that in friendship, allowing that influence, that's so powerful that you yeah. can trust your friend enough to also say, Hey man, I know that I like it sometimes when, when maybe I'm sharing some things and you might say, well, I wonder if you, you know, ever thought about looking at it like this way, you know, and the way that you, you gently also bring in like some influence about, Hey, I, ever thought about this or, Sometimes, you know, it's straight, but also when you do that, that's part of me is like, yeah, he's going to have, there's got to be a good point to it because the way he's bringing it up, if I can just allow a little bit of influence, I can let go of whatever grasp that I'm having. So I think in friendships, it's, it's wonderful. And as we know too, as parents, if we really work together with our partner of the parent of our child and allow influence from what the other, I love when, we got this rhythm going where Rainbow might say, hey, are you open to hear some things that I just observed of how you just interacted with Xander? And I know that based on when she would do that, based on our past, it was going to be a, a good, gentle start up mm-hmm. uh, because we worked through it. And it's wonderful if I can say, yeah, because I know you have both of our best interests at hand. Like, tell me what you saw. Can I be open enough to to be humble enough to know that I didn't, do it a hundred percent right. And boy, when she gives me those beautiful golden nuggets of a way to look at it differently. And it's it's wonderful to be able to
0: parent in that way of allowing influence. Right. And the opposite of that is like it doesn't feel good, right? Hey, you're being too soft on on Billy. You know, he needs some boundaries. You're being too soft on
1: how, him. How do you allow that in? You can't I, I don't can't allow that in. That's criticism. Yeah. Nobody absolutely. changes with criticism.
0: I right. love that languaging, that, yeah. that rainbow you used yeah. for you.
1: And if I'm not open, I gotta tell honey, you know what, I'm not open right now. Let's let's try this tomorrow, but I'm not open right
0: now. Yeah, and what does it take in order, in order for you to know mm. when you're open and when you're not open?
1: I think it's similar to what you said, because I realized like, wow, I'm holding on to something and I'm suffering, instead of like, if I allow myself to open up to another way, another possibility, instead of me thinking I'm wrong and feeling adequate, can I be open to growth, change, insight, to be able to say something that took me a long time to say, honey, you know what? You might be right. <laughs> yeah. You know, letting go of that attachment of being right. hmm Yeah. hmm So I think it is that shift is, is is uh is recognizing the suffering and also know like she's not gonna rub it in my face. So I would say with partners, man, don't do that. Don't don't rub rub it in your partner's face. I Nobody told, you, likes so. I told no, you so. Exactly.
0: Right. Yeah. Cool. All right, my man. Yeah, this was sweet. Train is pulling into the station. (laughs) Oh, man, Prepo. Once again, this was just such an incredible time that I had knocking around some of these ideas with you. Especially this one in particular because, you know, we've spent a year cultivating this idea and wanting to have this, this conversation in the back of my mind, you know, very often I'd notice power sharing and being open to influence. And just that one sentence that you said a year ago really shifted a lot of things for me. So, you know, I hope everybody out there listening really does the same. What was that sentence? The sentence was when you had, you had mentioned that the number one predictor Mm. of a successful relationship is, is, is allowing influence. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sweet. As soon as you said that, I was like, I want that to be our podcast, (laughs) Prevo. Yeah, that's right,
1: because I said I was going to do a solo cast on that, and you you were like, no, man, I want to do that with you. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. I'm glad we did it, too, brother. All right. right. I love you, man. I love you, too, baby. All right. All right.
0: Relationships, Let's Talk About It, is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Pripo Tablitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. we